You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. I can hardly believe, Emma, that a month has passed and here you are in the studio again. Yeah. I messaged Peter this morning and said, I can't believe, I'm so sorry, it's just snuck up on me. It's come round so quickly, hasn't it? Well, Peter, of course, has been in the studio before with his four-legged friend, you know. But um, anyway... uh uh, Emma is actually here to announce every 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 month you select the the CAN the Community Action Network select a community hero. Now this is basically a charity that are doing outstanding work within the community. You you say how you select. Yeah, so um, every month we want to recognise and champion a charity or voluntary sector organisation um, that's doing amazing work in the community. So. Um, we recognise that local charities do huge amounts of work within the, commu- within the community of Bournemouth, Christchurch and Paul, um, and the contribution to the area is just, is just amazing. So we want to make sure that they get the recognition that they deserve. So um, each month we have a charity that we come and speak to you on Hope FM, and then we also um, s- spread the love and share information about them across our social media and in the press wherever anyone would let us talk talk about it really and i suppose it's also a way of helping that charity isn't it? because very often the people who do the best work within the community are not always the best at shouting about it mm-hmm. because we've got so many fantastic people doing so many fantastic things within the community and they're so busy making the wheels turn that there's not often enough time to to go and really shout this is what we do when in actual fact um, you know uh, people need to know, don't they? Because there's some fantastic services out there. Oh yes, definitely, definitely. The um, the impact of their work is just is it, to to us that work in the, in it day every day is so obvious, but people just don't know about it. And that that is the whole point of this community hero in the spotlight is to kind of really get out there, champion, celebrate, show the impact of their work to white to wider group of people. Now, having said that, it's time for the big reveal. So if I went. Uh, uh, what other clues can I give uh, about uh, this organisation? Have you thought of one? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm rubbish at things like that. Well, actually, Peter's surname is a good one. Oh yeah, Rufus. Yeah. Rufus. <laughs> ruff, 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 ruff. <laughs> So I normally hit people to do that. I'm sorry, Peter. I'm so Peter, yes. It's just that every time, every time I read your name, I think there is n- there's quite a lot of people actually that do have names you know, that are appropriate to what they do, you know. But, I mean, Rufus, come on. You know, I mean, it's so I think it's fantastic. You know, it's really good. Uh, anyway, I've said Peter Rufus, but the organisation, Emma, is? A Helpful Hounds Assistance Dogs. And that's why Rafa is here, because uh, Rafa... Is Rafa actually an, an assistance dog, Peter, or has he been trained? Yeah, yeah, Rafi, he's totally trained. Uh, he's actually worked with a, uh, an autistic che- teenager for three and a half years, but certain things happened. We had to bring him back, so he's now actually my demonstration dog and the one I take out to to meet people when we're talking to either schools or to families about what is involved in in having an assistance dog you know placed with them or trained with them Mm. so yes uh, as you can see he's laying down here perfectly settled exactly as he's trained to be and I'm 
maybe I won't even be able to get him to do a wolf today, but uh, no, everybody knows no he's wolf. here at least. Oh dear. Now, you do his uh, wolf much better than he does. So, yeah. uh, uh, the trouble is, is when people start putting me on a lead and taking me out for a walk, <laughs> that's, that's when I've got to worry, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so it's always a difficult choice, isn't it, though? Oh, it's it's always so hard. So each each month we kind of pick a theme that we want to use um, and kind of champion for that. So um, at at Can we love dogs. So dogs are our, our thing. Um, all the team. Have well, you got a major- dog? I've, actually- yeah, we do have a dog. Yeah, we've got a six month old puppy, haven't we, Ted? Yes. Yeah, called Axel. Hmm. Oh, so- we have forgot to mention Ted. Didn't yeah. we? <laughs> Ted's our latest trainee in the studio. Yes, and just whilst whilst you were all listening to the music, Ted and I were having a go at looking at all the technical things, weren't we, Ted? Yes. Yeah, we were. He was very good. Yeah, very good. So, um, yeah, so this this in August it is uh, International Dog Day. Um, so we thought we'd really take the opportunity to kind of champion a charity that uses dogs to support the community. Mm. And um, we asked for pictures from um, all the charities that are, are our members. And we had a number of different ones. And then it goes to a vote to our team. And um, Peter and Helpful Hounds were successful this month. Well, we're going to be hearing a lot from Peter <laughs> and from and from Helpful Hounds, and, and possibly from Rafa. You know, otherwise I'll have to impersonate him. I could get I could get Ted to do the. Are you very good at doing? Come a bit closer to the microphone. So you go have a have a bash. Go on, speak. Go on, do it. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> We're having a conversation that's here. That's better than Rafi. <laughs> oh, it's very, very good, Ted. You know, he's lost. He'll be a radio presenter before you can say Jack Robinson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is Hope FM. And, of course, we've just heard there that, uh, that our very special organisation uh, being featured uh, today uh, is Helpful Hounds. And, and Peter Rufus is... Well, in fact, uh, you, again, you put a, put a smile on my face because you're, you're CEO, mm. but you're not paid any money. No. Uh, so, so you, in every sense of the word, you're uh, a volunteer. Correct. Yes, absolutely. And and of course, you chair the organisation as well, don't you? So you're really doing it all. But how did the journey begin for you, Peter? Oh, well, it, it goes back a few years. If you think of where do we get here today? You know, first of all, my wife and I—we've always owned dogs, mainly retrievers, since uh, our children were very young, and our children are not so young now. Um, but then, a few years ago, we actually volunteered with another charity to be the equivalent of puppy walkers, socialisers, whatever. Uh, and then, three, three and a half years ago, uh, we just saw that. There are a lot of people looking for dogs to support many more things than we think of naturally. Yeah, you know, we think of guide dogs for blind, hearing mm. dogs, people in, you know physically disabled in wheelchairs, but the definition of disablement is much wider these days, and they're you know, particularly with autism, Down syndrome, and, and mental issues. So, and we were looking, and a friend of ours wanted a dog. Um, he actually lives up in Farnborough, not down here, but that's not an issue. Um, and he went on a list which was going to be at least six years before he got a dog. And we just thought, well, how can we circumvent this six years? And, you know, and I'm not knocking the normal training that the big charities do, but we're just trying to get dogs to people a little bit more quickly. So we came up with our owner-trained programme as well, which means we can either supply a dog or take their own dog if it's the right temperament and train it within the family using our trainers Uh, to become eventually an assistance dog it's more risky for the family it does take longer but it also has benefits right up front because the bonds between the dog and the young person 
starts from a very very early stage, even you know three or four weeks after the dog mm. is is there. In terms of breed, I mean, do you always go for golden retrievers, or, or or do you mix the breeds in terms of training? Yeah. Well, if it was left to me, the answer would be a simple yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not as simple as that. Um, you know, different dogs or different breeds of dogs can do different things with different families, and of course, schools. We put dogs into schools uh, that have special needs students as well. So very often, if it's if it's a, a larger child or an adult, then a retriever type dog would be good. But sometimes you, we have allergies, so a retriever sheds hair a lot. So we're looking for labradoodles, cockapoos, even, um, and and also some. Um, uh, cock spaniels they don't shed hair in the same way albeit they're a little bit more lively so mm. we actually have to match the dog to the job it's going to do to the circumstances of the family and the environment it's going to work in uh, so yeah we do have quite a quite a range of different dogs although you know my favorite is always either a labrador or a retriever but mm. i'm so biased in this matter <laughs> well let's take it take us through the process of training a, a dog i mean do you start with the person who has the need mm-hmm. because obviously the the, the the dog will have to be trained and to different sort of conditions or to different disabilities and so on oh uh, yes absolutely but you know, when a dog is a puppy stage whether it's going to be a pet or a working dog there is always the requirement to make sure that it is um operating well in the very basic elements of sit stand you know stay come all of those elements and being a good citizen so we always recommend that our puppies go through good citizen training whether that is with a uh, another trainer that we might work with or whether through our own trainers uh, because by going to these you know puppy classes Mm -hmm. there are other benefits too because our puppy is going to mix with all sorts of other puppies unruly small big and also other humans so the socialization aspect starts straight away um, but because once you've got through that element of training then yes you have to think what is this dog going to have to be able to do in order to support the uh, the partner that it will be working with now okay if that partner is in a wheelchair then we're talking about picking things up bringing post in perhaps emptying washing machines helping with dressing taking socks off taking coats off bringing clothes to them Um, if it's an autistic child or autistic person let's say then we're thinking more of calming techniques we can train the dog to do deep pressure therapy by going across the thighs Mm -hmm. Um, you can put his knee uh, sorry, chin on your knee just for, for calming. Uh, in uh, Bowcroft School in Wimborne, we have Henry Helpful Hound. He does the Henry hug, uh, and that is he puts his paws either, on either shoulder and the youngster can give him a cuddle. Um, and you know, But we also have uh, people who suffer from COPD or you know, other uh, ailments that might need them to be alerted beforehand so that some of our dogs are actually trained as medical alert um you know we have a a, a lady uh, who's got copd and the dog can tell her five to ten minutes before she's going to have a blood pressure problem that it's going to happen which makes her safer as a result so yeah there's a myriad of different things that dogs can do specifically for the person they are going to support and how long does it take to train an animal i mean is it does it vary you know dog to dog or or is there roughly a sort of set time uh it it seriously um 
differs between dog to dog because dogs like humans they all learn you know we all learn at different rates and in different ways to be fair um you know some dogs are motivated by food some dogs are motivated by play so you, you have to actually work out what's best for the dog because whatever we do the welfare of the dog is always paramount but you know in reality um it's going to take you know eight, 18 months to two and a half years to get the dog to the full public access certificate uh, and once it's finished its basic training there is a minimum requirement of six months of training for public access because that allows the dog to settle down you know you you cannot let a, a dog just out and about being a full assistance mm-hmm. dog while it's going through its teenage months which sure. can start at seven months onwards so it, there's a lot involved in judging the dog and allowing it to develop at the right rate for the dog and for the family. So through that preliminary period mm. of training the dog, assess, yeah. I guess assessing the ability of the dog yeah. uh, as well, is the dog uh, not with the person that it's going to be with long term, is with the trainer? No. Well, again, we have two, two different programs, okay? One is the charity train program, and I've got a little dog here. Hobie is a toller, which is just, he and his sister have just arrived with us. Yeah, it's a pity so you can't see the pictures. Pity you but can't see it. I'm yeah, just showing yeah. you so people yeah. know we've got a toller, okay? I know this is radio, it's not TV. And, well, we can um, describe it. Sorry. Well, a toller is, is actually a retriever, but the technical name is a Nova Scotian duck tolling retriever. Uh, there's not that many of them in this country, but they are beautiful dogs, very dark red, a little bit smaller than a normal retriever. Uh, they tend to have bits of white on them, uh, either on their... their their forehead or their feet or whatever but they're very beautiful very intelligent dogs and so this little guy guy Hobie is going to be trained as a charity trained dog so we will keep him with either myself or our trainers until he's ready to be partnered but on the other hand on our um, uh, where we put a dog in with the family then it's the family that is going to have that dog and the person within the family so they're will have involved, it all the time. They're involved yeah. in the training. They're, so they are involved in the training, which, um, and this is where, as I said before, there are dangers, but there's also benefits because the, dan- the danger is that because it's within the family and we're not there every moment of the time, they have to rely a lot on the telephone and Zoom and whatever to, to talk to us to make sure it's all going well. Uh, we do face to face, obviously, at the same time. But But the benefits are such that they are learning over a long period how to work with a working dog as opposed to a pet. Now, don't get me wrong, pet, you know, working dogs have to have fun, they have to have their puppy time, but there are also things we have to do to make sure that that dog does not get distracted when it's working and it gives them a good time to uh, get used to that. This is Hope FM. Well, my very special guest, I've got Emma here in the studio who's the Partnership Manager uh, with Community Action Network and, uh, and Helpful Hounds have been chosen as the community organisation in the spotlight today and, and I've been talking to Peter Rufus. Although not a Rafa yet, he's been remarkably quiet. Yeah, he's been very, very well behaved, you know. As always. So how many dogs in, 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 a, in a year uh, are you able to, to, to train or at any one time? I mean, I, I guess, I mean, because it's probably the demand is much greater than uh, the ability to train them. Yes, the demand is greater. We Even now, even though I'm trying to get over waiting lists, we still have a waiting list of people to get onto the training programme, particularly for the owner trained. Uh, strangely enough... 
because of what we do, and there's not many other people do what we do, I'm getting inquiries from Edinburgh, Leeds, Liverpool, Kent, and of course we we can't help those people, but it just illustrates that this is something that uh, within a community can actually add value. Uh, Currently, though, we've got uh, 30 dogs under training. Uh, We've got probably another 10, 12 people waiting to start. Uh, We have uh, five dogs with adults that are fully trained and uh, three dogs with children that are fully trained and we've got five school dogs as well so there's a lot of dogs really and and a lot of coordination peter uh yes there's a lot of coordination and one of the reasons why i've been pulling my hair out just recently and i have been going out looking for volunteers to be fair and after this uh, radio program i'm going back to my office where i've got a volunteer starting jean berry who's going to help me with uh, she can be the relationship manager that will help me with new applications and following those through properly. Uh, but we're also looking for somebody who can help me update our website, which is WordPress, somebody who can ma- perhaps do some bookkeeping for us just a couple of hours a week, no more. And plus, you know, from time to time, we need people to help us with outside events because these are just starting. We're at the UK Dog Surfing Championships on, uh, I saw, on Sunday. I saw those fe- featured actually on South Today. Yeah. It made me laugh actually because yeah. the idea has come over from the States, hasn't it? I, I, th- I think it has in other parts of the world, but it, it is so fun. It is absolutely good fun. And if people didn't see it this year, they need to go next year. So these but are dogs on, on a surfboard? The, the, uh, on a paddleboard, paddle on a surfboard. Yeah. But to be absolutely fair, it's, you know, the dogs just have to sit there and let their human partners work like mad to move them <laughs> along through the, through the sea. So, um, Well, we were joking earlier on, you know, uh, I was saying that there's a lot of, number of people, you know, they don't take their dogs for walks, the dog takes them for a walk, you know? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that really does upset me, really, because... Because they need training, don't they? They do need training, and it doesn't matter if it's a pet dog or a working dog, all of these basics, the dogs do mm-hmm. need to go to... Mm-hmm puppy classes and and of course the key is it's not just going to the puppy classes but when you come back from a puppy class you have to practice it every day mm-hmm. it may only be 10 minutes three times a day mm-hmm. you have to keep practicing it there's no point in going to puppy class on a monday night and then next monday night think oh we've got to go to puppy class this is all stuff you have to do and if people do that they will actually have very well behaved pets at the end of mm-hmm. a period but not everybody manages to do well, that. Well, my son has got a, 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 a dog retriever. His name is Marley, you know. Mm. And uh, and actually, they've been going to puppy classes and so on. And yeah. uh, and actually, it's made a, hu- a huge difference. You mm. know, I've noticed what you know when he comes around the house and they say sit, he sits, and you know, and and you know, uh, he's he's beginning to be trained. You know. Yeah. But of course, they've had to put quite a bit of effort, uh, you know, to get him to that stage. You mm. know. Yeah. And in fact, after the program today, and one of our presenters has just acquired Janine. Crossway, she's just acquired a puppet, you know. Oh, right. And he's Good coming. Luck. He's coming to the <laughs> studio today. And I said, "Now, you just need to be careful because I'm driving her home." I said, "He doesn't do his whoopsies, you know, in the in the car." Yeah. But for somebody, I mean, I know it's an aside, Peter. But for somebody maybe who's just acquired a new puppy and so on, mm. what what your what are your recommendations as to the things you must really do if you want to have an easy life? Uh, don't get the puppy in the first place. Uh, you, you have to accept that if you have a puppy... It's going to restrict you to th- some degree. There are going to be some uh, restrictions. There are going to be some frustrations. And you really have to go along with that puppy, but be kind and firm with it. Um, you know, one of the first things you've got to do when you get a puppy, it's going to be eight, nine, nine weeks old when you first get it from the breeder. 
And so the first thing is the potty training. And you need to get hold of that quite quickly. If you're getting a pup in the summer, it's much easier in the winter because you can spend more time in the garden with that so that it becomes the natural thing for the dog to want to go um, in the garden. And you can give it a little name. You know, when we're training, we always call it a busy, busy. Some busy. people call it hurry-ups or whatever. Mm. And it gets associated within the dog's brain. That particular sound means it's going to do, do that. Um, so, and also, if you're going out and about everywhere, always carry a spray and some stuff to mop it up because... You know, even our lovely, helpful hounds—they have accidents. But if where they even have people have accidents, don't they? Well, do I, I, I know we don't want to go into yeah, that, and then you get depth. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's probably a little bit too far, actually, Blair. So we'll, <laughs> we'll stick to dogs. Uh, so, so that—that's you know certainly the potty training, but also they're going to start teething early on. Um, you know, 11, 12 weeks, they're going to want to bite everything. So you've got to have things available for them. Um, preferably out of the freezer so it helps with their teeth don't let them use your hands and arms says he's showing his hands and arms um, <laughs> because that you know that's yeah. going to hurt uh, and they don't want to get used to doing that and i think above all feeding uh, we don't use bowls for feeding puppies we use kongs we do hand feeding so as they don't start um, eating too quickly we can you know just get used to to eating quite calmly and now, is there a book i mean what what's the what what are the what's the best resources to use i mean well, you could you could earn a living couldn't you well, just training other people's dogs well possibly I'm, I'm not a qualified trainer i've got good qualified trainers i just learn a lot from them so mm. so don't please don't take me as so the, finding a trainer is, is your recommendation oh finding the right and you know uh, all of our trainers um are uh, associated with the Institute of Modern Dog Trainers and so we normally say go and find an IMDT trainer that's not to say there's not great trainers out there that aren't but that's where we start but if you say you know, a book then um, all of our families I recommend them to read one book before they get a puppy um, and it's called Easy Peasy Puppy Squeezy and it sounds a silly title. It's a great name. It, it's yeah. written by a guy called Steve Mann, who is the founder of the Institute of Modern Dog Training. And he, it's a very light read, but when you finish reading it, you just realise how much you've absorbed about the psychology of a puppy. Easy peasy puppy, puppy squeezy. squeezy. yeah. yeah and, uh, and the and author's I, I, name was, sorry? Sorry, Steve Mann, M-A-N-N. But I'm, I'm sure our favourite bookstore here on the radio would either have a copy or be able to get I'd hold of a copy. I'd be able to get it, absolutely, yeah, yeah fantastic. And, um, but all of our families start with that because, you know, you've got to be in the right mindset to train a puppy. Now, Emma, have you, you know, you've been through all of this with your dog. Oh, well, we're still, we're still we're stuck in at the moment. He's only, he's just coming up to six months. Yeah, so they've made an order that yeah, book there. Yeah, I did. Easy peasy <laughs> Definitely be going away to read that. <laughs> now, Peter, obviously, they're different sterling work, and of course, it's making a big difference to the people who have these dogs, you know, because it's, they're helpful hounds, and, and, and probably without them. But, um, you passed over about your volunteers that you know um, if somebody listening right now said you know what i'm i'm a dog lover i would really like to come and, and help even if it's just a little bit what, what are your greatest what's your greatest need for help uh greatest need unfortunately at the moment is is admin type stuff as mm -hmm. i said you know somebody can do something with websites somebody can help me with bookkeeping um 
and I'd also put people who might be able to help us with events. You know, we've got a two-day event coming up on the 7th and 8th of, uh, of August at Southbourne, uh, which is the Shaken something. Shaken Stir. Shaken Stir, yes, we're, we're there. Um, uh, for, the, for the whole two days. Uh, we've also got the Dorset Plain Pool. Fortunately, 180 Degrees Jim is putting in the team for us. Uh, but again, anybody wants to sponsor that team or you know, come along and cheer on the day, that would be really great. Um, and so, yeah, just general things. But if they want to, to contact me, then I can talk through what they're... And is the best way of doing that maybe to check out your website? It certainly is. If, if they want to come on www.helpfulhounds.com .org.uk um, It talks about volunteering there, it talks about donating there it talks about applying for one of our training programmes as well there, so it's everything they might need and they can contact us uh, quite easily via that website Now the other thing of course that is very important is the whole funding issue isn't it I'm not, I'm not asking you about that because obviously dogs are not cheap to acquire no. and it's even, you know, even more money to get them trained and so yep. on because you have to pay for the for the trainer and so and so on how do you keep the wheels oiled uh with difficulty i think it's fair to say because we we have to uh get money from any source that we get we get a lot of private donations of all sorts from you know two or three pounds to five pounds uh but we also so get, every little help so every little helps well we've, we've got people like children in need are now supporting us uh, the Talbot village trust a local trust gave us ten thousand pounds during the um, pandemic to help make videos so we could train over Zoom because oh, we couldn't amazing. do face to face with our vulnerable people. Uh, don't ask me how to train a dog over over Zoom. <laughs> you don't train a dog; you train the family with it to train the dog because people have, people have got confused. Um, and but, those training videos are still available, presumably. Sorry? Are they, are they oh, available we, we on your website? We still use them. We don't we don't put them on our website because they are for our families and our trainers to sure. use but it's it's all part of the program we now had and to be fair the pandemic has helped us develop new skills and i think a lot of people will tell you the same there's been a lot of downsides but also there's a lot of upsides as well mm-hmm. but yeah um we, we look for money from any and every every direction in order to help us fund this because it's not cheap now even course, though we're all volunteers yeah. what people give money to of course is is the difference that it makes in people's lives i guess we were all heartened by the the army of people who helped and who are still helping of course mm. through the pandemic and Certainly can have been very much the oh, centre yeah, center of all of that. All those volunteers I mean, you had over 2,000 volunteers, didn't yeah, you, Emma? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but actually, it's, it's a difference it makes to the lives of the people it, it, who have the dog. Tell us a few stories, Peter, yeah, well, about... It, you know, we actually say on our website, you know, we change the lives of family and the people we support. Um, and just to give you a, a couple of examples, I was talking to Faye yesterday. Now, Faye is the mother of a young man called Henry, and he's now got a helpful hound called Lucky. Now, helpful hound Lucky is literally only 18 inches tall, so she's not your traditional um, helpful hound, let's say. Uh, but Henry has very complex needs. Um, he's at, they, they live near Weymouth, so it's not actually in BCP, but they're in Dorset. Um, and what we've done is put together a package um, with council involved uh, to support him with a dog. Uh, and that dog has actually not only helped him to go 
to school. It's now giving him more confidence to go out and about. And yesterday, he even offered to take part in a video that we can give to children in need to show the difference the money from、mm. children in need is helping to make to one of our families. So that's just a simple thing. So, a, you know, a guy is、mm. 16 now. Wouldn't go out, wouldn't talk to people, didn't want to go to school, still has difficulties, don't get me wrong, but he's starting to, to work.、Um, another example of a young,、uh, in fact, I was telling Emma before we came in here,、uh, we've got a little、uh, boy, younger boy called Isaac, we called him Zach.、Uh, he was、um, non verbal and withdrawn, and we put a A dog called Alfie, which happens to be a golden retriever, with him. <laughs> He puts a smile and says, You mentioned a golden retriever. Golden retriever, yeah. 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 And、um, within three weeks, Zach was talking to the dog. Not to his parents, not to anybody else, but to her dog. And after that, he started talking and doing more. But the, the story that really gets to my heart is that、uh, his parents. Uh, ran a half marathon on our behalf, Help for Hounds, with 14 of their friends to raise money, which is another way people can help us with money. And、uh, on the day, we were at the finishing post with Finlay, one of our dogs, and suddenly this little boy from 200 yards away started running across the field, threw his arms around Finlay, and it was Zach.、Uh-huh. You know, and this was the boy, you know, seven months ago, totally withdrawn, wouldn't say anything to anybody. And the dog had just opened his world up. And you know, I think you know, that's really what makes this charity to me worthwhile because I thoroughly enjoy every moment of it. Yes, as you said, I don't get paid, I am a volunteer. The only people we pay in the whole charity are some of our trainers, obviously, because they're doing a full time job, as if I'm not, but there we are.、Um, but <laughs> I love doing it and I enjoy doing it. And frankly, I can't see myself not doing it in the future. Well, I can see.、Uh A million reasons why、uh, Health and Hounds have been chosen、uh, to be the community heroes in the spotlight. And Peter, you do a sterling job, and thank you so much for what you do, and with all your volunteers、uh, as well. And, and, and guys, if you want to help either with all, some of that, that admin work and the events and all the things that Peter talked about, then do check out the website. That's healthandhounds.org.uk. And remember that in doing so, you're making a, a difference to people like Zach. Yeah. Uh, 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 and others. 90.1 Hope FM and hopefm.com.